Hi there, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I am your host, Alana, and I'm super excited to have you join me today. Today on the podcast, I have my sweet friend, Izzy. She is a new friend of mine, actually, and as she shares later in the podcast, she's actually only been in Chillicothe for about six months. If you have gone to Roast, you have for sure seen her. She is um, just such a joy and so wonderful. Anytime you get in her presence, you just can't help but smile. She's so sweet, so kind, and I really didn't know a whole lot about her, to be honest. I've gotten to know her a little bit here and there uh, inside of Roast and outside of Roast at some girls' nights and different things that um, we've both been at. And she just is so sweet and so genuine. And I really wanted to have her. The Lord just really kept highlighting her to me, kept drawing me to her. I knew she had gone you know, on this mission trip and I wanted to talk to her about that. But, um, but then I was kind of like, but I don't know her very well. And, but the Lord just really kept highlighting her to me. And so I asked and she jumped at it and we sat down and talked in about, I don't know, five minutes into us chatting before we even started recording. I immediately knew why, because she just has such a genuineness and authentic and authenticity. <laughs> um, <laughs> that word was way too hard to get out and I don't know why. <laughs> um, but she just is so pure and so kind and so sweet and the love of Jesus flows from her. Um, she has such a sweet heart and it really does shine through in this episode and everything that she says. And I just hope that you are encouraged by it, that you are drawn closer to Jesus through it, and um, that you're inspired by what she has to say. So grab a drink and join us as we pour it out. Well, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. Okay, well, to get things started, tell us a little bit about you. Absolutely. Um, so I originally grew up in Circleville. My name's Isabel Leist, by the way. Um, I originally grew up in Circleville. Um, I moved to Chillicothe probably six months ago. Um, but I live with my I lived with my family of six um, all until all through high school until I probably nineteen I moved out. Um, then I started working at Roast and moved to Chillicothe. Um, but yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. So have you always had a heart for missions or how did that come to be? So growing up, like my family had always been a part of missions. They went to Africa when I was 10 um, and they adopted a little girl from Africa. And so it always had been like in the back of my mind, like this is something I want to do, but I want to do it in the right way. I was never a person to be like, oh, I want to go on a mission trip, one done, okay, let's go back home and do my life. Like I wanted it to be, to be from the Lord. And so when it came to like church mission trips, I was just unsettled about it. So I just never really did that. Um, so yeah, like my family like did that all through like my high school years. My sister went to Africa for three months. My brother went to Japan. Um, so they all like, I kind of just grew up in that. Um, but I just wasn't sure where the Lord wanted me. And I, I wanted to keep that open that if you wanted me to stay here, that that was okay too. Um, because your mission is anywhere you are mm -hmm. and everywhere you are. So I made that uh, just a way of living when it came to my, my walk with Christ. So, Which, hold on, time out. I'm going to interrupt you just for a hot sec. Okay. Have you, have you just always walked with the Lord or like hmm. how did that happen? Um, so I like grew up in church, um, but I really didn't know what it actually meant to have a relationship with him. I kind of just like based my relationship off of my family. So it's like my family goes to church, my family prays, but it was never like I go to church or I pray. And so I think probably when I was around, I got baptized when I was 13, but I think I really didn't fully understand what that meant. 
Um, and so I probably around 17, 18 was when I kind of had a realization of like, okay, this, this is something that I need to do on my own separate from my family. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I feel like that's just typical when you mm-hmm. do grow up, you know, going to church and stuff, you don't know how to separate that. Um, but yeah, I've had like definitely times in my life where you kind of just fall away and then you have that realization and you know, you, you come running back. So, yeah. Okay. So then fast forward. So your family and your siblings and stuff went on mission trips. You didn't, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, you're good. (laughs) So 20, what was last year? 2022? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was pretty much just in a season where like nothing was happening. I was working and I was like, all right, Lord, like whatever you want me to do, like I'm, I'm able to do. And that's how it was from like the beginning of the year. And so I was, I was really just like praying and I kind of like had a moment of like, why is nothing happening? Like mm-hmm. I'm working, I'm, I'm going to church, like I'm trying to get involved places, but like nothing's, nothing's really happening. And I was just like, why aren't you showing up? Like, why, why aren't you bringing these, me- the opportunities that I'm looking for? And so probably around August, I had like a moment with the Lord that I realized I was like, the Lord, I feel like once we get to a certain point in our relationship, the Lord is waiting for you to show up for him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, shoot. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I Am I doing that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like I need to re- redirect my thinking. Um, and then about a week later, somebody reached out and was like, Hey, there's a group of about five of us that are going to Turkey. And I've been praying about who to ask to go. And you were the first person I thought of. And would you like to go? And I was like, huh? (laughs) I was like, hold up, what? And so that's kind of how like the initial invite, but that was like three weeks before I had to leave. So it was like, wow. Yeah. So that was a very like spontaneous. So I was like, all right, I'll pray about it. I'll let you know. Um, but I pretty much instantly knew then that I was like, okay, like, let's go. And so I fundraised in those three weeks and (laughs) raised enough for my first and second trip. Um, but yeah, so I went, all the people that went are from Cleveland, Ohio. So I would drive up there like every week for meetings and stuff. I was the only one that was like outside of, outside Mm -hmm. of everybody else. So I didn't really know anybody. Um, the first trip I was the only girl and it was very, very uncomfortable settings for me, but it literally grew me so much to the point to where like those people came, became family and like, it was, it was a lot of adjusting yeah. for sure. So how long were you there the first time? Two weeks. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. And what all did you do? So the organ, I'll tell you a little bit about the organization so it kind of makes sense. The organization itself is called Childhood Without War. And um, the kids speak Ukrainian. They're all from Ukraine, um, fleeing the war from between Russia and Ukraine. Um, so they've been there since that, the beginning of 2022. And a group of three guys before my trip or anything, they went ahead of time and kind of just scouted things out to see where they could help, what they could do to bring for future groups. Um, <clears throat> so that second trip, basically it's around 1,500 kids in one location. At the time, there was two separate locations because they couldn't fit everybody. Um, so we split our group in half. So there was one girl on one team, one girl on another one. The guy that initially invited me was on the other team, so I really didn't know anybody. <laughs> so I was like, yay, guys, we're becoming family at this point because I'm going to need you. Um, so there was, yeah, there was probably around like five to 800 at each location. So wow. yeah, a lot of kids and very minimal volunteers. So they had some, it's a mix between um, orphans and foster kids because the government kind of just allowed everybody to flee Mm -hmm. because their area was being bombed the worst so um so it was kind of a mixture between the two so you saw some foster parents but 
unfortunately, a lot of the foster parents, the only reason they were doing foster care is so they could get out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them didn't really care. They just kind of let their kids do whatever. Um, so a lot of the volunteers were previous like workers in the orphanage that was over there. So they just kind of came with them and, but there's definitely not enough people to go around for these kids. Like they just fend for themselves, but the organization where it's at, they, there's a guy that like rented a basically old resort. It's nothing special but it's there and it's fenced in and the turkish government is guarding it because technically these kids don't have visas they don't have passports not allowed to be there technically so they're not allowed really outside of the compound so they're just in this gated area and they're just there so they don't really do anything there's not much supervision it's between 5 and 18 years old so a lot of kids um so the location that I was at the first time there was probably maybe five to ten workers um but they just kind of walk around and smoke and just don't interact with the kids at all like a kid if they notice you're making an eye contact with them like they're in love with you like yeah and so our initial like trip we kind of just like got comfortable with the kids like introduced ourselves we did basically like a camp like we just Mm -hmm. did games all day every day played soccer and then at night we would have like a dance party or something and then somebody would like share their testimony or like just share something short that they could understand um so then the second trip um i initially wasn't sure about going again because i was like is this what the Lord wants? Because if it's not, I don't want it. Um, even though I knew it was, it was going to hurt really, really bad if I didn't get to go again, because I fell in love with these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to make sure like, this is what the Lord wanted me to do. <clears throat> and so he like basically sent in a dream that I was supposed to go. And so I was like, okay, okay. I'm not going to argue with you anymore. <laughs> and so um, we went the second time and were you there two weeks again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now this third time, me and one other person are leading the group. So that's a whole other list of responsibilities. Yeah. But um, so but you yeah. stay with them. You, mm-hmm. say you, you stay with them. And then yeah, we how do they do eat. food and stuff? Like, do they have people that come in and feed them? Or how does that yeah, work? Yeah. So they basically have like the same thing every day. It's like... It's somewhat nutritious. It's not like, it's just weird. Their food is just different. But um, the pe- the workers that used to work in the resort are there and they cook the food. Um, but most of the time it's just kind of a free for all and people will come up and like just get containers like the moms and then take it back to their room or whatever. Um, but we would eat with the kids every day. Um, and that was some of my favorite parts too, because mm-hmm. you could just sit and talk and like just get to know them yeah that was probably that was probably one of my favorite parts was just like getting to know some of the older girls because I don't know I think initially I was like well I'll probably just like hang out with the younger kids like but then I had like a realization that like any volunteers that ever come they're gonna hang out with the younger kids Mm -hmm. I was like but the older kids is where like the most need is right now because they're gonna be that example for the younger kids And so the first trip I made, a, I met a girl named uh, Genia and she was very shy. I didn't really like talk to her the first maybe three days we were there. Um, and she was just like very reserved. Her and her sister were just like always in the back of the room. And she reached out to me and she was like, can I just talk to you? And I was like, absolutely. And um she was like I just haven't talked to anybody in a really long time and so she just like told me her whole story and I remember that night like I was bawling because I was sitting with the group of guys that I went with and I was like I don't know what to say about the stuff she went through and how to like because I can tell with how she was saying it she was expecting me to not respond because that's what she's used to She's almost trying to scare me out of the conversation mm-hmm. to see if I'm going to stay. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> like, how, mm-hmm. how do I go about this? And so I remember just like praying that night. I was like, Lord, you're going to have to like guide my every word because at this point I have no words because some of this stuff is so dark. And I mean, she was talking about like wanting to kill herself and all this stuff. And I was just like, what do I do with this information? Like, Mm -hmm. and so me and her would sit down and we would talk for about two hours every day. And she would tell me these stories or what she's been through and how she's feeling. And then she'd be like, what do I do about it? And so then we just dived into the word. And so I just like explained to her, like, you know, how the Lord has helped me through similar situations or how I was feeling in this time. Um, So I just like shared that with her. And at first I was like, I don't know if this is helping because I felt like I would share that and we would get to a point and then it would kind of just start over with something else. And I was just like, I don't know if this is helping, but the same time I have to be okay if, it, if I don't know, because mm-hmm. that's sometimes how the Lord works. You plant a seed and you mm-hmm. may not know. Um, and so towards the end of the trip, she had wrote me a letter um, saying that like she accepted the Lord into her heart and that like this whole thing and it like we all were crying on the plane. People thought we were like absolutely insane, mm-hmm. but we all were just like bawling our eyes out reading this letter because she was like, read it on the plane, like don't read in front of me because I'll cry. I was like, okay. (laughs) And so we read it on the plane or whatever. And it was just really cool because you normally don't get to see an outcome of what the Lord's doing. Sometimes you just, you have to accept the fact because I was afraid to see her joy come back. I was afraid once we left that it would just go back to being Mm -hmm. that same mindset or that feeling of being alone. And so I was just like, I don't know, God, but I know you got it. And so the next trip, just seeing her go from from that mindset to when we went the next trip, she was doing like Bible studies with the younger kids to see her go from like being so shy and like Mm -hmm. so reserved and so depressed that she couldn't talk and to see her like just feed into the younger generation was just like out of this world. I was just like crying. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So her story is just amazing. And I think like that trip, she like just kind of came alongside of us and helped us more so than we like got to feed into her that trip. And so it was really cool to see like some of the girls just really take on to what we were, we were trying to do and trying Mm -hmm. to help. I think one thing that's really hard, though, is a lot of them don't understand why we keep having to leave. Yeah. And that's something like when we have our meetings about interest groups or people who are interested in going, I'm like, listen, you're planning on going once for an experience and you go home. Do not come. Yeah. I was like, these kids, they've been in the system. They've been abandoned. A lot of these kids have been abandoned more than once Um, because they have siblings that have their own families that still let them be in an orphanage. I was like, that's abandonment times two times three. Like, and we will add to that if we were like, Hey, love you, but never coming back. Right. And so that was one thing that I just like made very clear. I was like, these kids are different. This trip is different. It's not like we're going to go build a school and then come home. It's like, these are, these are their lives and we're feeding into that generation so they can build them up because like, I think it's like 80% just end up on the streets. So very sad, but I think that the whole point of why we keep going back and why, um, because a lot of people don't understand, they're like, oh, you're going again, you're going again, and then they just associate you with that, that place, and it's like, it's not about the place, it's about, it's about these kids' lives, Yeah. and when you see how they come alive when they're fed, like, mentally, it's it's an experience that you can never really never really explain to yeah. people. Um, so yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So they have two different areas now, mm-hmm. or two different, or no, they're together. So technically, like they moved. They used to be two hours apart. 
Okay. Um, and then they moved the kids. So now it's two locations that's like a mile okay. from each other. One location is for foster kids. One location is for the orphans. So, so will you do you bounce between both mm-hmm. of them? Yeah. So normally we bring a group around 10 to 15 and we kind of just like coordinate the day of like, okay, this group's going to go here today. This group's going to go here today, do an activity with the younger kids and then later with the older kids. So we kind of just like bounce around and kind of switch, switch faces and mm-hmm. people. So now do everywhere. they, do they have churches and stuff like do they do that um so one of the coordinators that is there she plans all of the basically volunteers that comes in and out she um her name's Anya she is a Christian um but she like just got hired on when we went on the first trip so I know like she does her best to like try to get people in that are going to feed them like the Lord and just um just give that that life into them. Um, but there is a church um, up there. It's actually a Russian church, which is kind of interesting because mm-hmm. these kids hate Russians right mm-hmm. now. But they love this church because a lot of the church um, congregation will come and like volunteer like once a week. And they're Russian mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So um, there's, a, there's a girl named Emmy. She like basically lives there part-time. And she like does activities with the younger girls and stuff. And so, mm -hmm. so she is a super big help while we're there too, because her and her family, like some of them speak English so they can kind of translate for us sometimes. Um, But with that, like they also get really burnt out because there's a lot of kids. So our goal is just like, okay, let's give them a break. Right. And then, you know, we can reassess, but Um, but yeah, so there is a church there and each time we go, we try to take a few kids with us to church there. And it's like one of my favorite churches. They're such a good congregation and like, so such sweet people. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's just kind of depending on if the government's going to let us take them out. We've had issues with that in the past, but (laughs) yeah, but yeah. Do they have Bibles and stuff? So we've... The interesting thing is, is the church had gotten some Bibles for them, but um, the translation, I think, was really difficult for them to read because I gave, or one of the girls that went with us gave her one of our English Bibles, like an NIV Bible, Mm -hmm. and they just went on Google Translate and translated it, and she was like, this is a lot easier to understand. So I'm thinking, like, maybe something with the translation or the version of the Bible was, like, really hard for them to understand. Um, But normally we try to bring, like, 10 or so Bibles with us and just give them to whoever wants them. Um, So we we try to do our best with that, but it can be kind of difficult when some kids don't understand or um, the translation kind of gets mixed up. Right. So, um, but most of the time, like, all of us get like a check bag or whatever and we'll just like pack clothes candy whatever we'll just shove everything in there and then put our personal stuff um and like our carry-on or whatever so or like once we get there we can buy like soccer balls and so that's what a lot of like our funding goes towards too is just Mm -hmm. like soccer balls volleyballs because they go through them like no other. Oh, I'm sure. I'm like, I'm I don't sure. even know how you guys tear these up so quick. Mm-hmm. But they're all very, like, talented when it comes to, like, ping pong. Like, some of these kids are, like, masters at it because they don't do anything else. Yeah. Um, so so they don't, I'm assuming, like, they don't do school. They... So the older kids do. Um, a lot of them, like, somebody had donated – like tablets so a lot of them it'll be like five will share a tablet and it's like a FaceTime with school at home but it's very like questionable if the wi-fi is gonna work Mm -hmm. and so but there's also no supervision so if a kid doesn't want to do school they don't they don't so there's a lot of organization that needs to be fixed so there's no discipline then, obviously. So no. how is behavior? 
Like, is um, it? I feel like since what they've been through, they have learned to adapt to a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the older kids will take care of the younger kids. Um, and they're all very, like, respectful. Um, but when it comes, like, with each other, sometimes you can you can see they'll just, like, smack you upside the head. And you're like, did you just do that? Like, <laughs> hold up. But, um, and I know some of, like, the older boys and stuff like that. Like, they kind of just group together and then do their own thing. And so it just, it really depends on when you really get to know them. You can kind of start to see, like, the behavior side. Um, but I know a lot of the kids have had to grow up really fast. Yeah. And so I think if they're given the chance to almost relive their childhood, I think that would almost have a reverse effect to yeah. where they would they would start acting up. Yeah. And I've kind of seen that a little bit. Like, when if they're comfortable with you and they feel like they're safe around you, that's when, like you know, some things will come up or whatever. So I think it, it's really hit or miss, but there, a lot of them are very respectful. Um, I had to communicate with one of the, one of the guys that went last time. I was like, you know, it's okay to tell them no. I was like, cause they also need that. I was yeah. like, if you're, if you're tired, if you're worn out and you can't say no, like you're not being your best self for them. And it's not healthy for you. I right. was like, either way, it's it's okay. He was like, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> I was like, listen. <laughs> I was like, they're also kids. Right. And it's okay. Right. Like, to take a breather for a minute. Because yeah. it's, we were up at like 6 or 7 o'clock. And then we go to bed at like 11, 12. And it's a long day. And you're like on the yeah. whole time. Mm-hmm. So Playing games. It's just countless things that we're doing. So it's busy days. Um, it's very easy to get sick too because of yeah. how like just active you are. But we've tried to make it very clear: like if you're tired, just go take a nap. Yeah. Like just go yeah. rest for a minute. But yeah. I want to interrupt the conversation and tell you about my three incredible partners. I have got three local businesses who have come alongside me and partnered with me to help make my podcast better in different ways. To start off with, we've got Sweet William Blossom and Boutique and Sweet William brings me flowers to my door every single week. And it's such a sweet surprise to walk out and see them or to come home and have there be flowers on my front porch waiting for me. And I put them on my dining room table. I get to enjoy them all through the week. But then when I have guests over to record, because this is where I do most of my recordings is right here at my dining room table, they are able to see the beauty and it just adds that extra little touch. And I'm so, so grateful. Sweet William has incredible everything. I mean, everything. Their chocolate-covered strawberries, their gourmet apples, their dirty pops, their charcuterie cups and charcuterie uh, boxes. Everything is made to perfection, made with love. I cannot say enough. I have been a fan since day one. Oh, and their flowers are gorgeous are absolutely gorgeous. I've been a fan since day one and I just become a bigger fan by the day. There's nothing better. I stand by this and will always stand by this. There is nothing better than getting a pink box full of goodies from them. It is the absolute best way to brighten someone's day. Cannot say enough good things. Another one of my partners is Roast Coffee. Roast uh, supports me by giving coffee to myself and to my guest every time we record. And it's just such a blessing. It's such a blessing to be able to pour it out week after week with the best coffee in town, hands down. Uh, They have the best coffee, as I said. They also have teas. They have other things. They've got food. Everything is incredible. Some of my favorites are if you need something just strong to get you through the day, their Americano is the absolute best. Uh, For a flavored drink, my favorite is the brown butter, although right now they have this brown sugar and mint shakerado that's really, really delicious. And of course, you can never go wrong with a Cubano 
iced or hot. My favorite is uh, getting it made with oat milk. And their food is incredible. They have a, another special that they're running right now in summer, this blackberry toast. It's blackberry, blackberry with uh, mascarpone cheese and, or mascarpone cheese on sourdough with blackberries with fresh rosemary chopped up on top of it and honey drizzled. It is amazing. Creamy, delicious, just amazing. And their salads, their sandwiches, every, they have a chicken salad croissant, which I was kind of iffy about, but I got talked into it. It's delicious. Like, I crave it now. It's delicious. Go check them out. The best staff, the best environment, the best coffee. I mean, just the best. Go check them out. And lastly, Maggie and Me Candle Company. Um, they... I'm sitting here at my dining room table right now with one of her candles burning. My house smells amazing. And it's another, just one of those finishing touches where when I have people over, they sit down, they see the beautiful flowers, they drink the yummy coffee, and they, it smells good in here. And that is all thanks to Maggie and Me Candle Company. I am so, so grateful for these partners who have come alongside to make this podcast even more special and have loved me, have encouraged me, and supported me. Go check them out. They are all on social media. You can find out all of their information. Um, go look them up on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, and find out all of their details. I also have uh, podcast episodes with each of the owners of them that you can go back and listen to. Um, they are fantastic people. These are businesses run by fantastic people and you can listen to them, hear their heart behind the business and get to know them a bit and just fall in love with what they do and who they are. So I just thank you so much to all three of those businesses for all you do. Go check them out. Um, go order from them. And when you do, tell them that Elena sent you. Now back to the conversation. So you said that you have another testimony for mm -hmm. us, another story to share from that. So yeah, absolutely. Let me hear it. So there's um, basically these two girls that um, are sisters and they would stay in the same room together and they have a brother as well. Um, and her name is Karina and then her sister's name is Nastia. Um, they're around like 15, 14 years old and they're just very like bubbly social girls and I just instantly clicked with them. Um, just super kind, super sweet. Um, and so we would like at lunch or whatever, me and one of the other guys would be like, Hey, like, have you ever like heard the name of Jesus? Like, what is your thoughts on it? And so we just kind of like slowly like trickle some things in their mind and they would kind of laugh at us. They'd be like, we're atheists. Like we don't believe anything. And so then we kind of just like, we're like, okay. And so, but we didn't stop there we were kind of like okay let's see like just what you believe oh we were like we're just interested in what you do believe like how do you think creation was made and what do you think about this and so we just like kind of just kept asking them mm -hmm. questions that were like challenging and they would just kind of laugh at us and they would be like well I don't know or you know they were just like whatever and they brushed us off like hardcore but it almost just became like a joke like they knew it was going to happen and they were just like okay like how the, old were they? Around 14, 15. Okay. Yeah. Her sister, I think, was younger. And then Nastia was was older. and But they still, like, got along with us, like, so well. But they were just, like, you know, like, I don't believe in that. We were, like, that's fine. Like, and so we would just kind of joke around and, like, ask them super challenging questions, like, creation or just, like, do you truly believe that we were monkeys at one time? And so it's just, like, stuff like that. Like, how does that work? <laughs> And then they would ask us questions. And so we noticed they were like starting to ask us questions, but it was still like, it was an argument almost, mm -hmm. or just like back and forth. And so when like we left or whatever, like I stayed in contact with them and we would just like talk or whatever. And um, this next trip in April that I went on, I had sat down with them and she like was on my phone for like Google Translate or whatever. And she translated this like long paragraph about how when we left, 
she she noticed that the joy that we had was something different than any other joy that she had ever seen and she wanted that and so she prayed when we left and so like I'm like crying as I'm like reading this because I was like oh my gosh like this girl was so relentless Mm -hmm. on what she believed for her to to see how we love the Lord so much and she was like there was something about you guys that was so different than anybody else and she's like I wanted that and so she like prayed and she started talking to some of the people that were Christians there and um she was like I gave I gave myself like my life to the Lord and so we just kind of like broke that down and talked about it and I was just like a mess um but like to see them go from that to like just the way they were now, like their joy was just so different. And like that Sunday, we found out that they weren't allowed to go to church with us because they were like, we've never been to church before. We want to go. We want to be there and experience it. And the like Turkish guards or whatever, like now they're not allowed to go. And they cried the whole time. Like they wanted to go to church so bad. And I just like broke my heart. And we all talked about it. We're like, next time we're sneaking them out. Like, I don't uh-huh. care. Um, but it, it was just really cool to see how like they had changed and then they started like asking us to pray with them. Like, it wasn't like, we're like, Hey, let's pray. It was like, Hey, do you guys want to pray? And then they, we like sat on a balcony one time and we all just take, took turns praying and we would translate it so we could like see what they were saying. And their prayers were like none other I've ever heard. Like, it was it was truly truly a, a different way of love mm-hmm. towards the Lord than than you see here. And it was it was really humbling in a way of just like, wow, like we take for granted mm-hmm. what availability we have to the Lord. And these kids are just they crave that. And just to see them, you know, are so stuck in one way to be like this is this is the way I want to live my life now. Yeah. So like that whole experience and her sister is just like the first day I was there, she just started crying and she was like, you're like a mom to me and I, I don't want you to go. Oh, and I like that trip, this last trip was probably one of the hardest because I just was like, I don't know how to handle this. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, if I could live here, I would. <laughs> but so, Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And I just think that that just shows like, I mean, that's how we're supposed to be. Like we're supposed to be different. We're supposed Mm -hmm. to be, I think we read scriptures, like how we're supposed to be set apart and things. And we, it does mean with like holiness and it does mean like living a life that's different, but it also is like, we're supposed to have a joy that the world doesn't have. And we're supposed to have a peace that the world doesn't have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the fruit of the Holy spirit. And so I think that it's also like a testament to Mm -hmm. how he is using you guys and how you guys have opened yourselves up to be for it to be noticeable. Like Mm -hmm. there's a joy on you that we've never experienced and we want that. Mm -hmm. I just, that's amazing. Right. It's it's I definitely a whole it. different experience than than I've ever experienced before. And yeah. it's it's cool to see the way the Lord like works in on your heart as well. Like yeah. really does humble you and really ground you on where you're supposed to be because you really have to just let him take control. Yeah. Cause if not, it's it's not worth it. Yeah. It really isn't. So Oh. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay, so you are going back in August, mm-hmm. yeah. and so you'll be doing the same kind of things, mm-hmm. yeah. so, but you'll be leading. Mm-hmm. You and one other person are leading a group of 10 to 15? 10 to 15, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you'll be there for two weeks? Are mm-hmm. they always two weeks, Um, This trip is a little bit shorter. Um, it's like 10, I think 10, 11 days. Okay. So, Yeah. And then, so for people who want to support you and Mm -hmm. want to help you, what are some ways that we can do that? Absolutely. 
Um, like we talked about, I think first and foremost, like prayers is super important and that's where you're going to see the most change. And that's where the kids are going to be impacted and us like are going to be able to feed into them the most. Like that is Mm -hmm. the number one thing. Um, But when it comes to like support, um, we all, you know, basically pay for everything out of our own pocket. So um, I can post some things like on my social media of like links of things Mm -hmm. to buy, like um, crowns, coloring books, um, just things like art supplies, because we do bring that ahead of time. Um, But things like balls and stuff we do like buy there since they're a little bit bigger um so yeah like shoes we'll pack those like any size between like a five-year-old to an 18-year-old we'll take those um and even like when we're not going sometimes we'll just like put a suitcase together and like send it with somebody and they'll give it to them as well so there's there's many ways to like contribute to that um so I'll be posting my a few things on social media too when when this comes out and that way people can kind of get involved more so if they want to follow you on social media what where you are Um, what um I'm on Facebook and um on Instagram and it's just my first and last name so Isabel Weist okay um pretty simple so yeah so everything's on there and all the information like Venmo and all of that information I'll probably be putting that in my like bio so just people are it's easy to access. Yeah. Um, and if you need like another way to give, like you can always just message me and then we can work something out too. Okay. So perfect. I yeah. love that. I mean, art things like, like crayons and coloring books and stuff. Those are mm-hmm. really easy to get. Yeah. On. I definitely like want to see if like I can find like some Bibles too, like mm-hmm. in their language and in a a version that's easy to understand and so hopefully I'll be able to find that and then post that so we can yeah we can get some bibles in there as well yeah yeah so keep me updated and I'll keep okay everybody updated on cool. my end too um okay so the last question that I always ask is what is the Lord speaking to you personally right now I think the Lord has has been teaching me a lot of lessons lately um but I think the one thing that he has put on my heart like so deeply is to move to Medina, Ohio, which is about two, three hours away from here. Um, and I haven't shared it with like a lot of people because some people have their opinion and God's opinion is the only one that matters mm-hmm. right now. Um, and so he's just opened every single door that I need to move and Um, so I'm just willing to follow that and it's a big step for me. It's out of my comfort zone, but I'm definitely ready for like a new season and I think it's, it's going to be really good. So, yeah, as I'm just sitting here, I mean, we had talked a little bit before we started recording and then like hearing you say that again, um, the word dependence just like keeps coming to my mind Mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, watching how, um, you know, I just think it's really neat. Like you got called to go on this mission trip. You had like three weeks to do it. Mm -hmm. And so you had to depend on him and you had to depend on, you know, that he was going to provide things and he did. Um, and then now you're going to have to depend on him to lead a group and, you know, you have to depend on him when you're over there, you know, when you got over there and you didn't know anybody and it was like, Mm -hmm. I, Lord, I have you and that's it. Right. Um, and then now leading a group and then with moving like in such a short time and things like, I just feel like he's teaching you in this season, what dependence really looks looks like. like. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's hard because I think in your head, you just want to, you want to have control over the situation. But I think that's when trust and faith, like get neglected because if you're planning everything and if you're, you know, so worried about your next step, then then that those aspects don't matter and that's not how it was supposed to be um but i think the lord has been i'm a very spontaneous person so i think he knows that and he's like all right we're going to use that (laughs) he's like here you go like you're going to turkey in three weeks like Uh and just to see the way he's providing i like struggle back and forth of like okay like is this a smart decision should i be doing this what like kind of getting 
just confined to what the world says about things. And then I get reminded like, hey, if I tell you to do something, I need you to do it. Yeah. And there's even been like with this situation, I have felt so attacked by like so many aspects of how the enemy knows to get in my head um, because of moving. And as soon as I, as soon as I cast that out and as soon as I like redirect my thought and all right, like I'm, I'm doing this no matter what, like that's when the Lord's like, bam, here's an apartment. Like mm-hmm. he's like, you're faithful. Your faithfulness is gonna, is gonna return and in, into the next step. And yeah. so I think that's, that's been really cool to see at the same time. Very scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. Well, I'm very proud of you. you. Um, I'm very excited for you. I think, you know, what you're doing, I mean, it's what we're called to do. You're making yeah. disciples and, you know, going all the way back to the beginning of this, um, you know, when you're talking about seeing these girls who, you know, you have led to the Lord or Mm -hmm. your life or your example has led them to the Lord. And then now they are the ones teaching and they are the ones leading others and stuff. I mean, that's discipleship. Right. And, um, I just think it's so amazing. It's amazing everywhere. Discipleship is, is very, something I'm very, very passionate about anyway, Mm -hmm. but especially doing it over there. Like, I just, I love your heart. I love your heart from the very beginning of like, I'm not going to do a mission trip just to do it. I'm not going to do it just to come home and live, like go back to normal life. Like Mm -hmm. this is, I'm, I'm giving myself and, um, and that, I mean, that is discipleship. Like, I'm not just going to meet with you once or twice and be mm-hmm. like, have a good life. Right. But I'm going to. I wanted the mission trip experience, right. but see you later. Right. But I'm I'm giving you me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm giving you my time. I'm giving you who I am. Right. You know, and, and so that you come to know him and then you can teach other people right. about him too. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's you know, that's what we are called to do. Like that's our mandate, go make disciples and you're doing it. Mm -hmm. I also just think of like when I was that age too, like who did I want as a person? And so that's what I keep reminding myself. I'm like, who did I need when I was in that time? And so how can I be that person that I needed when I was that age? And so I also explain that to them. I'm like, remember when you were younger and you were looking up to people that are your age now, like, they need somebody who's going to set that example for them. Yeah. And so I think like explaining that like helps a lot too. Cause you know, little kids can be annoying. People yeah. that are younger than you can be annoying. Yeah. They're like, mm, I don't want to pay attention to you, but you were annoying as well at one point right. too. Right. And so it's just like, you have to just think in that mindset, like who did I need and who did I not have to? Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Well, is there anything that we didn't say that you want to make sure that we say? don't think so okay well then will you pray for us will you pray for the people who you know like you just said um who are afraid to take that step of obedience who maybe feel like the lord's calling them to do something scary Mm -hmm. but they're like lord i can't go to turkey in three weeks Lord, i can't move my whole life in a month lord i can't Mm -hmm. you know whatever it is um who feel the lord is calling them to do something um but need that, that deeper dependence and obedience and trust in Mm -hmm. the Lord. Will you pray that? Yeah, absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for Elena and just like the opportunity for us to get to talk today and um, just for your goodness and your kindness towards, towards everybody in this community and for your guidance um, in my life, Lord. I just want to pray for all the listeners and for their boldness in you, Lord. I just pray that any situation that they have right now, that they're just, they're fearing the future or they're just fearing that next step, Lord. I pray that faith over them. I pray um, that they will dive into your word and know what you say about the next step, Lord, and how they can trust you. Lord, I just, I just want to give them um, the reassurance that you um, you know your will and um, that you will guide them through any step and no matter what the situation is, that they that they can rely on you and lean on you when um, those hard times do come and that 
that you will provide for them, Lord. Um, the next step can be st- scary and it can be intimidating, um, but that's the enemy wanting us to believe that we can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lord, you say that we can. And in your will, um, when we do step out in that faith, you bless that and um, you show up in our lives, Lord. And I just want to thank you um, just for the opportunity that you give these people and you give them the boldness to step out in faith um, and help them to just take a hold of that and act out in that boldness, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for being mm-hmm. here. And we for sure will be praying for you. And thank you. Um, thank you. We'll get all of your information and be able to support you in other ways too. That's awesome. I love you. I love you too. So the only heartbreaking thing about this episode is it is how I found out that she was going to be moving. And that makes me so, so, so sad. Um, By the time this goes out, she um, will already be gone from roast. Um, But I am just so thankful for the season that she was here with us. And I am so excited to see what the Lord has for her. You know, one thing she talked about over and over that I just loved was that, you know, just having the heart to, you know, go on mission trips and not just go and do your thing for a week and come back and get on with your real life. And I know that not all of us have the opportunity to go and stay long-term in missions. Um, But even just having the attitude of coming home and still serving in whatever way that we can, you know, the people around us, the the way that we love others, it's so important. And so to, to just always live with that mission mindset of how can I serve? How can I help? How can I love? is so, so, so important. Um, Guys, I didn't mean to have two episodes back to back that were about missions, but That's just how the Lord worked it out. So maybe there's someone who is listening that it's because the Lord's speaking to you and you have a heart for missions and he's been telling you to go. And this is, you know, just him speaking to you two weeks in a row (laughs) about missions and how impactful they are. Um, Maybe it's for something else or someone else. I don't know. I don't know why he does the things he does the way he does the things that he does. I know that this was not my plan. But I'm really excited for how it it turned out and worked out. And I hope that this one encouraged you um, to have, you know, like Izzy and I talked at the end, to have that deeper dependence on the Lord and to walk closely with him, to take every step in obedience to where he's leading you, where he's guiding you, because he is faithful. He knows what he has in store for you. He knows the plans that he has for you. And as you depend on him, lean into him, keep your ear close to his heart. He will show you, he will show you what steps to take. And he is so, so faithful. So I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week and I will join you back here for another episode of pour it out.